What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Kinda Different, a podcast where we talk about innovation in dental care. We connect with some of the best guests that are out there, absolutely just amazing people. And we talk together about how we can make dental care more human. I'm Dr. Matt Allen, CEO and co-founder of Different Kind and your host for Kinda Different. And I am absolutely super excited for this conversation today. Uh, Dr. Jan Jaffer uh, from Trek Dental in Calgary, Canada, uh, second Canadian guest we've ever had. So, you know, thank you for uh, for joining us from from the Great White North. We certainly appreciate it. Um, really excited to have this conversation today because I think you and your organization embody so many of the things that we talk about on Kind of Different. I would love for you to kick us off by introducing us to yourself, to Chuck Dental, uh, and, and we'll get into it. Well, hey, Matt, thanks for having me. I mean, I, I'm excited to be here because, again, some of the stuff that you're doing, I think, you know, there's a different way to do dentistry. And I think it's, it's, it's fun to talk about stuff that you're passionate about. And this is absolutely, you know, a passion of mine. Uh, Trek Dental, yeah, here in Calgary, we have 18 practices, 16 GP, two pediatric practices. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have a dad that was a dentist and a mom that was one of the best office managers you could have and really understand how the business works. And so, you know, I joined them um, 21 years ago. So I went to UOP down in San Francisco for dental school, was fortunate enough to do that two plus three program. So at mm. 22, I was out, I was ready to, ready to practice dentistry at 22. And, you know, not a lot of people are going to hire a 22 year old grad, except your father, right? That's <laughs> So I had a job, uh, worked with mom and dad. And, um, you know, when we started, we had one practice, they'd been running a practice here in Calgary and in, in uh, the Northwest. And uh, they opened that practice in uh, 1981. And so we've had that practice for now 42 years. I joined them one practice and, um, you know, the growth has been amazing. We've been really lucky as an organization to find amazing people to work with and amazing partners. And so we have 18 partners, 18 clinics, and it's grown in the last 20 years from one to 18. Yeah. Love it, man. That's, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I know we're going to get into some of how, how that has happened and whatnot. Uh, but I think we have to start, uh, as we talk about innovation, I think people, when they talk about innovation in dental care, immediately go to technology, right? And you have a sign behind you that says values-based, socially conscious dentistry, which I absolutely love. Um, how is your model, you've grown from one to 18 practices uh, in your time there. Obviously, what you're doing is working in, on a lot of levels. Um, how is being values-based and socially conscious innovative in the dental world? Yeah, so I think a big thing for us, so when we say, you know, you got a little Trek thing here, when we say Trek, it, it, we have four values. So we have teamwork, respect, exceptional dentistry, and continuous improvement. And we actually believe that they go in that order. The teamwork comes first, respect comes second, and then we got to do the dentistry. Because here's the thing, you know, I'm sure where you are, where we are, there's a dentist on every corner of the street. So there's no lack of dentists mm -hmm. in town. Mm -hmm. um, so the except the expectation is people do good quality dentistry. I would like to think my peers in industry do good quality work. And, mm -hmm. and they do. I mean, there's a lot of great dentists out there. Yeah. So what makes us different? It's the focus on team. It's the focus on respect. It's the focus on continuous improvement. And then the socially conscious work that we do in industry. And so for us, you know, we spend a lot of time working on team. And that to me is ultimately our, our, our focus because we believe I think Richard Branson said it best, hey, take care of your team, they'll take care of the clients. Mm -hmm. And that's how we believe it to be true. And so one of the things that we do as an organization is we close each office three days a year to just work on team. And I'll do most of the, the work with the team, but it'll be team-based and then socially responsible-based. And so what we're really focusing on is not how to do a better crown prep, not yep. how to put a rubber dam on better, not how to make a temporary better, but like what is it that we're doing to work better? So one of the things we did recently was 
we went to this organization called Made by Mamas. And so they make food for, um, for mom, new moms that can't afford stuff. So I ran <clears throat> a morning of active listening, positive mindset, like how we come into conversation because what I truly believe is when I meet somebody or anybody meets anybody, they come in with, you're trying to screw me out of something versus <laughs> this is going to be the best experience ever. You go to your yeah. mechanic. What do you think? They're yeah. going to steal your money. You go to the dentist. What do you think? They're going to steal your money. Like, and so, you know, changing our mindset on how we see things, mm -hmm. um, you know, how to listen, how to be more empathetic. And then our afternoon was cooking for mm. new moms. And so it's like bridging that balance between teamwork and social responsibility. And guess what? Our team is more motivated to go back to work because of that. And so yeah. that's been a big part of what we've done is like, you know, take our values, live them out. Mm -hmm. Because again, unfortunately, I believe a lot of organizations have these values on a wall. And that's the funniest thing. When you put the values on a wall, you truly don't believe them because then you got to read them every day and pretend, right? Yeah. Like you've got to know your values. You've got to live your values every single day. And so trying to live out those values through what we do is, is really important to us. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, there's, there's so, there's so much there, right? And I think, you know, the, the importance of, um, yeah, defining yourself, right. And actually living that and, and knowing that you have that consistency across the team. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that pays huge dividends in so many ways. Um, and, and you're super connected to your community, obviously as well, and the needs of people there and whatnot. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I think some people will try to give out of, you know, kind of like, Hey, I want to give, but I actually haven't figured out myself yet. Right. And you've really figured out yourself. And then that allows you probably, I think, to give more effectively. And so I guess my question there is, you know, what role do you see as your patients? And I would maybe define that even more broadly and, and your community in having, you know, a role in that innovation, right? It's not, it, it doesn't seem like it's just like, hey, here's what we do for you. It's like, hey, here's what we're doing together to produce, you know, some, some kind of good. So kind of walk me through a little bit of how you see what the patient's role and the community's role is in that innovation as well. Right. So I think that's a great question because here's the thing. We don't exist without our patients but we also don't exist without our team. Mm. And so making sure that we're part of the community and working with our team is just ultimately the most important thing that we can do. And, and we're lucky. I mean, I think if you're in the dentistry world, you're, you're super lucky. We, we worked hard for it. We went to dental school. I mean, that's not easy, but we now have the opportunity to help others. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we have the opportunity to do well because we, live in an environment, we work in an environment that is virtually recession proof. And so we've, we're successful, you know, at the best of times, at the worst of times, we're still successful at the best of times, we're really successful. And so we need to take that and do something with it. Mm -hmm. And what we've always said is that, you know, we need to help the people around us, but help the people that need help, right? I mean, your average patient is probably doing okay, but Definitely. there's going to be some people in your community that aren't, that are, that are really struggling. And either, whether it's with their teeth or whether it's just getting food or whether it's shelter, I mean, there's just so many different things that happen. And so one of the things that we've really tried to do is make socially responsible giving easy because mm -hmm. you either have time or you have money. You rarely have both. Yeah. And we know that for a lot of our team members, you know, you're looking at assistants, you're looking at receptionists, you're looking at hygienists, you know, they make decent money, but they're not, you know, they're not making a ton of money going home. Yeah. And so how can we still make it easy for them to give back? And yeah. so one of the things I tell docs all the time, I was like, here's the easiest thing you can do. You ask your team who wants to lose five or 10 pounds. It's like, everybody's like, I want to lose five or 10 pounds. <laughs> and then we're like in your closet. So go into your closet, let's get five or 10 pounds of clothing that you're no longer using. Mm. Let's put it together and let's donate it. And we have an organization in Calgary that we work closely with called Women's in Needs Shelter Wins. Mm -hmm. And here's the interesting thing. We take that stuff, we take it out of our closet, we put it in these garbage bags, and then we put it in the waiting room. And then our patients are like, why are there garbage bags in your waiting room? We're like, oh, yeah. that's actually clothing. And they're like, 
okay. And they're like, and it's not just clothing. There's like, you know, stuff like, you know, <laughs> lights and lamps and pictures and stuff that we that we don't need, but that people could use. And our patients are like, what well, can, can we bring stuff? And we're like, mm-hmm. absolutely. You can bring stuff. Like we're getting the pickup is in three weeks from now or two weeks from now. We put a little sign. Here's our donation for women's and needs. Yep. And our patients start showing up with stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's, this is the, like, the, you know, that whole like little butterfly effect. Like you start by removing a few things out of your closet. You don't even need, right? Like, yeah. and it's actually helpful to our staff because all yeah. of a sudden it's spring cleaning for them, right? Like yeah. they, get, they clean out their, they clean out their you know, closet and all of a sudden it turns into something for the team, something for the community, something for our patients to get involved in. And it's easy. And it, what did it cost anybody? Nothing. There's no yeah. cost to that at all. Totally. It's just that yeah. little starting point that can make such a difference. And we've got like tons of examples of like different things that we do, but I always tell people that one because I'm like, that's something you could go back and do with your team tomorrow. Like you don't need to, you don't need to create a whole socially responsible organization. You could just start (laughs) with like one simple thing. 100%. Wow. I mean, I, I absolutely love that example. And I am sure that you, again, yeah, probably could provide a ton more because we want to give people actionable things that they can do and not just frameworks, right? But, you know, hey, like here's a little thing that you can do to, to make a difference, right? Yeah. You might not, you know, ultimately be the, the kind of organization that Trek is, but here's something you could do tomorrow that will make a difference in the way that Trek makes a difference, right? So I love that. Um, so let's move on to kind of connection. I, I think we've heard some of the things that are important to you, which I love when all of that shines through. Um, but I specifically want to ask, uh, I think the, the value of continuous improvement is such an interesting one um, because it really closes the circle, right? Of, you know, hey, we got to start with ourselves. We got to, you know, really think about, being respectful then with the patients, we got to do the dentistry part and then we got to like continuously improve. But I think we can kind of imagine how that framework fits on us personally as well, right? Just even outside of dentistry or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, my, my question for you right now is what specifically, you know, outside, or I guess it could be related to work too, but what are you working on kind of continuously improving right now? Like what's something that's top of mind for you where you're like, hey, this is something that I'm at least just thinking about kind of consistently that's, that's important to me. Yeah. You know what? So I always go back to, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. And it's like, what, what's my why? And so motivating people to live well and give back. That's, mm-hmm. that's like my personal thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. I want healthy people that help the world. And so, you know, to me, the focus is always like, how do we get people healthier? But how do I get myself healthier first? Because, you know, to be completely honest, like things change over time, right? I mean, I used to, you know, be in the gym three, four, five, six times a week. I owned a gym. Yeah. I used to be one of the trainers and a trainee. So I would work out. I'd train people on, you know, not when I, when I, I mean, I do dentistry, but every once in a while somebody wouldn't show up and I'd, I'd help out. But really it would focus me into being healthier. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the conversations I always have with people is like, you know, what's one of our biggest health concerns in the world right now? And I think, you know, a lot of it will go down to um, overweight cardiovascular disease. I mean, I think it's one of the biggest epi- I mean, you know, epidemics that we're having. And yeah. we can see that in, in, in the US and Canada, North America, it's big. I mean, Europe a little less, but North America, one of our biggest problems, cardiovascular disease, but really it's obesity is our biggest problem. And so I always joke with my team. I said, well, why do people get obese? Like what, it, what is it? And, and it's, you know, lack of movement and lack of nutrition, right? And okay, so what's more important? Is it eating well or moving? I mean, you can argue both, but we can control, we can control both, right? That's, that's in our control, what we put yeah. in our body and how much we stand up and move. And so I'll always go down the, okay, let's do the food part of this. Let's like, let's look at what is changing people. And when I break it down with my team, we always get down to, well, it's, you know, we're eating too many complex carbs, we're eating too much fast food, we're eating too much. And then we keep breaking it down and it comes down to sugar. Right. And, and, and what's interesting in dentistry is that sugar is our ultimately our biggest 
the challenge, right? Like, how do we get a cavity in the mouth? Because we eat sugar. How do we get fat? We're eating too much sugar. And that's not the only reason. But yeah. but that's the, when you break it down, that's a, that's a big part of it. Yep. And then I always change it and I say, okay, so do we believe that eating too much sugar over a period of time decreases our overall health and would cause us to die earlier? And most people are like, yeah. I mean, if you eat too much sugar over a period of time, your overall health will decrease. I said, do you also agree that smoking decreases our health and would cause us to decrease our overall life expectancy? People will say, yeah, I agree with both of those. I say, okay, so now you're going over to your best friend's house for dinner. What do you take? And they're like, wine or dessert? I'm like, <laughs> would you take them a pack of smokes? And they're like, no, I wouldn't take anybody a pack of smokes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, but you just told me that sugar decreases people's life expectancy. <laughs> and smoking decreases people's life expectancy. So why would you take them a cake or a bottle of wine? And all of a sudden, the light goes off. And I'm like, look, we got to live life in moderation. Dessert is part of everybody's life. I'm not saying don't ever eat sugar. I used to be I used to be hard on my team, to be completely honest. I used to say, <laughs> you can't bring sugar for anybody else. Mm. So if it's somebody's birthday, you can make something, but you can yeah. make healthy desserts. Like there are yeah. ways to make stuff that's healthy, but you so, can't bring anybody else sugar because you're killing them. Mm. You get to choose. If you want to drink a Coke yourself, I can't stop you. Yeah. I can stop you from bringing a six pack of Coke and giving it out to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not as I'm not as crazy <laughs> about it anymore, to be completely honest. But I want people to understand that. Yeah, it's another part of like that whole improving yourself. Mm -hmm. And 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 what I also tell people is there's one change that you could make in your life that is more important than any other change to do with your health. Do you want, do you want to take a guess? It, it, it's an interesting one. It's not it's actually not a difficult one, but it's an interesting one. One change that you could make that would change your overall health more than anything else. I mean, if I had to guess, like in this moment, I would say like, you know, uh, digital health, right. In terms of not like putting your phone away, like putting it on grayscale, you know, some that, that would be my guess for the modern world. And so perfect. And that is, that is part of it when we go into mental and I'm, I'm kind of staying more on the physical because the mental is okay, the okay. mental part. Yeah. But the interesting thing about it is just never eat out. That's mm, it. That totally. would be the only that you, if you yeah. cook at home only and you bring yourself lunch yeah. to work, you will be healthier than everybody else out there because yep. you can't put enough crap in the food that you eat. Like you just yeah. can't basically yeah. put that many different things that you can't even pronounce into food, but anybody else can do that. So it's a, it's, it's another little thing that I'm working on because I've fallen off the bandwagon. So when I have these conversations, you're now like holding me accountable to like get better at like, Hey, I need to work out a little bit more and I need to eat a little bit better because I got a three and a five-year-old and you know, how I show up for them is mm -hmm. how they see the world as well. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm sitting on the couch, which I do very often, and I watch sports, guess what they do? They sit on the couch and they watch sports with me. When I'm yep. like, hey, let's go out for a walk. They're like, this is great. Let's go to the park. Like they're having a blast, but dad needs to get his butt off the couch to make it, <laughs> right? So it, yep. it's, it's an interesting thing, but it's, I mean, it, you want to teach the next generation and the people around you how to do better. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I mean, we, we moved to a small town, you know, five years ago, right. And there's just not a lot of places to eat out. I mean, there are, I guess, but you know, it's also like, it's sustained by tourism. So you go out and you're like, I can't spend a hundred dollars on every meal. Like there's no fast food and whatever. So it's like, literally we just can't go out and I've never felt healthier, you know, and some of it is just forced, right. Because like, well, there's just no options. Um, but it's such an easy way to say like, how do you eat healthier? Just like, well, if you cook at home more. Right. And I think that's, you know, like yeah. a great way of thinking about it. So I love it. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm fascinated by this. Like I, we can continue this conversation all day. So I want to ask you like this specific part of you've given us some kind of good front end upstream, like, Hey, here's how I think about, you know, um, continuously improving myself and staying healthy and preventive kind of, you know, don't eat sugar, right. Or don't smoke. Right. Um, 
But so we all get to the place where we're feeling overwhelmed, burned out, stressed, you know, whatever. What do you do? Or, and maybe, you know, importantly as well, like how are you helping your team or encouraging them to, to find reconnection, uh, to find rootedness, to find groundedness when they're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, et cetera, but maybe speak to yourself as well there. Yeah. So, so no, that's great. I mean, it, it is one of the interesting things that like, I mean, our team, I, I mean, what's going on in the world right now, it, it's tough to like be a part of anything. Right. And, and social media, we know, I mean, probably one of the biggest detriments to society realistically, even though we love it and we use yeah. it. And, I mean, I wouldn't have known you if it wasn't for some, some form of social media, I wouldn't be here. So, you know, there, there's definitely an advantage in social media, but there's a lot of stuff that that's not great out there. So for us, connection is a big part of it. And mm. how do you connect with people? Right. And so what we talk about is what is the biggest fear in life? Well, the biggest fear in life, at least, you know, like when you break it down is rejection. The biggest fear mm. in life is rejection. And that's one of the big things that's causing some of these mental challenges that we're having is that people are disconnected. And mm -hmm. when you're disconnected, you could feel rejected or people can start these groups and, you know, like, look at the bullying. It's all cyberbullying now. And you're pushing somebody out. You're rejecting somebody. And that is really hard on the mental. And so for us, it's the connection piece. We yeah. really spend a lot of time trying to connect with our team. So closing the office down to have those, you know, things like we, what we just did. So just last month, we closed all of our offices down and went to camp, like literally like camp, like you go for when you were a kid. I yeah. mean, we thought about it. And we're like, who didn't love going to camp? Yeah. So we took, we had to close half the offices at a time because we just, the camp couldn't take too much. I was going to say, that's a lot of people at one camp, right? <laughs> we did a Sunday into Sunday night into Monday and we had half the teams and then we had Monday night into Tuesday. And so me and my team, we stayed up there for both nights, yeah. but we did camp and guess what? We did one hour of lecture and seven hours of just like being with nature and Mm -hmm. doing these high rope courses and going for a hike and doing these low and connecting with the team in nature. Like, cause how cool is that? And like where you live and we're just so lucky in Alberta, like we drove 45 minutes, an hour out of town and it's gorgeous out there. I mean, we were there in September. So the fall colors, yep, yep. The water and the, but it's taking time to slow down to speak. Yeah. And I think dentists get so concerned with production. So concerned with like, hey, if I close my office, I'm losing money. And yeah. somebody once asked me, I was just at a conference recently. I, it might've actually been Dykema. Um, <laughs> and somebody's like, so you close 18 offices three days a year. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, how much does that cost you? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. I'm like, I've never done the calculation. So yeah. we sat there with this person. We're like, well, let's just like for fun, calculate it out. And we calculated yeah. it to be $750,000 over three days of lost production. Yeah. And they're like, how does that make any sense? And I'm like, what we get out of it, what our teams get out of it, the mm. motivation that they get it's unbelievable because one of the other things that makes us, I think, completely different as an organization and especially as a group organization is that we have no targets in our offices, <laughs> no budgets in our offices and no bonuses in our office. So we are never having a conversation about metrics. Metrics mm. don't exist in our offices. And it's like one of the weirdest things when I talk to these larger groups, but even individual offices, I'm like, when you talk to a hygienist and something's not going right, what do you tell them? They're like, oh, we talk about how they are not meeting their production targets. How does that help your patient? Because why are we doing dentistry, right? I think as dentists, we get so caught up in the daily that we forget why we chose to be dentists, like why you did some of the stuff that you did as a dentist and then why you got out. Like, it, why did you do it? Well, we want to help. Ultimately, we want to make patients healthier. I mean, that's that you'd be silly to get into dentistry if you didn't really care about that because yeah. it's not that much. It's a hard a lot of times, right? It's not yeah. that much fun and patients don't like you. I mean, the average <laughs> dentist is not liked. Yeah. So we want to help people get better. And so how do we break that down? How do we make it easy? Mm. And so when you take metrics out, when you take numbers out and you just say, 
Your goal is to connect with the patient. Mm. And I think this is in dentistry where we're the luckiest people out of pretty much every field out there. Like when COVID was happening, people had to come in to see the dentist. You could do a virtual doctor conversation. You could try to do a virtual dental conversation, but I mean, that's really not going to get anywhere. But like most businesses could go virtual. We had to come to work because we can only do dentistry when we touch somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the biggest benefit that we have as being dentists. We are within two feet of all of our patients. Yep. And, and there's a connection there, right? Yeah. Just, just the physical connection of being around people and being around your team. And, you know, I joke about it because I'm like, you need to touch your patient appropriately. <laughs> appropriately, yeah. Appropriately. But yeah. Like, we get to literally make yeah. connections with our patients that very few people in industry, actually, in, in, in just like the world, actually get to do. It's, it's yeah. rare that that actually happens. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, you just answered, you answered my next question, but that's okay. Cause I'm going to like tag on to it. Right. Of So my, my question for you was what's one thing that happens in Trek dental practices to make the experience feel radical, which is one of my favorite words in the English language, right? Like means rooted. Um, why we all, you know, it's like, I talk all the time about like, Hey, this is why we do what we do is because we want to be with in relational relationships with people, right? And relational relationships. We want to be in relationship with people. Um, and that's, you know, we want to be kind. We want to be compassionate. We want to show empathy, do all those things. So you explained, hey, we don't do this. And your goal is connection. Um, tell me just a little bit about, you know, walk me upstream of that of like, why did you do that? And then just give me like a little bit on the back end of, okay, so like how, you know, what does that look like day to day then for them? Like what does morning huddle look like if you're not talking about, Hey, here's what your production target for the day is like, how, how does that kind of play out in, you know, just the day-to-day at a no, that's great. And, and this is, this is a big passion of mine because I think in dentistry, we've gotten so much into the business of dentistry, the selling dentistry. And it's like, we've got to stop that. I mean, I, I truly believe it. Like it, it drives me bananas when people are talking about that because yes, there is a business. I mean, we are running businesses and we need to make money. We yeah. need to pay our staff and we want to, you know, live a good life and do stuff. But how do we take care of our patients and our team so that we're successful? So, um, one of the books that I think is transformational on this is called Drive by Daniel Pink. And he talks about the motivation for people. And it's true. People don't leave jobs. They leave bosses. Mm. It's not about money. It is about money to some extent. But if yeah. you're in the range of paying your hygienist a fair amount, whatever that is in your local area, paying the assistant a fair amount, the reason they leave you is not for the $1 or the $2 extra. If they're leaving you because of that, you have done something wrong or you're just not a fit. And sometimes yeah. you're just not a fit and that's okay. But realistically, people leave because they don't feel like they're part of an organization. They don't believe in something. And so you need your teams to believe in what you believe in. And hopefully it's good patient care and it's connection and the rest. I don't know. Everybody's got a different belief. But for us, 12, 13 years ago, we removed all bonuses from all of our offices. Literally after reading that book, I was on a plane, came back home, read that book. And I'm like, we are not doing bonuses ever again. And, you know, for my parents who had run a successful dental practice for many years, they're like, what are you talking about? We've done bonuses. You know, we learned about the piece of the pie bonus and the quarterly. There's like just so many different ways of doing it. Yeah. And I said, we want to change the focus. The focus has to be team and has to be patient. And as soon as we took that out, we still paid our team very well. So they were paid a fair amount of money. We What we did is we actually, I joked with them, we paid them their bonus up front because their average bonus was $2 an hour. So we came back in January and I just said, everybody gets a $2 raise. Bonuses are done. Staff's really happy. I'm like, we are not talking about numbers ever again in the office. Mm. We are talking about optimal patient health. Guess how they felt? Mm. Because when you try to get them to hit a number, it's not really in their best interest. Right. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not even saying that it's not in the patient's interest. It actually could be if yeah, totally. the right thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. But it's so much better to have a conversation with the patient about 
How are you doing? You know, we need to get you in every three to four months because we're seeing some larger pockets and that's what's important. And if they believe that you just care about them and you're not trying to get them in every three to four months because there's a number at the end of that and what that ends up meaning, yeah. it's an easier conversation. Yeah. And when we have our team leads, like I do a new employee orientation. So every quarter I spend four hours with every new hire and I run the whole orientation with them. And I always ask the question because, you know, there might be an office manager that's in there or a new dentist. And I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so, what's your target for the month? Hmm. And like, if it's a doc, they're looking at me and they're like, I- I'm sorry, man. I was like, I don't, I don't know the answer. That- I-, I-, I should know the answer to this question. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm like, thank God that's what you said. Because there's another 10 people in the room expecting them to say something. And they're like, and I'm like, exactly. There is no, t- you don't have a target as a dentist. You don't yeah. have a target as an, as- an assistant. Because I remember when I was doing dentistry, and I still do, I'm doing dentistry, but my mom would be like, oh, you have a $4,500 target. You have a $5,000 target. And I'm like, it doesn't change the way I do anything ever. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start. Ta- let's stop talking about it. And mm-hmm. let's just talk about how to make sure we have an organization where people like seeing us, where they want to come back because we've created that relationship. And that was something that dad did so well is like, he knew everybody's first name. He knew everybody's last name. He knew mm-hmm. their kids. And, and we're in a small, I mean, back then it was a small community. Calgary's a lot bigger, but 40 years ago, you'd yeah. go to the grocery store and half the people you ran into were your patients. Cause there's only yeah. so many dental dentists <laughs> in that area, but yeah. you knew everybody and you knew what was going on. And that was the reason people still come and see us today because of dad's relationship with them 30 years ago. That's amazing. Now my patients, because they, they just believe that I'm as good as my dad because I'm my father's son, right? It's not always true. <laughs> hey, and you know what? So it's, yeah, it's value so there. My connection is so important. And I think you can run successful dental practices and remove the numbers mm-hmm. and still be super successful. Because as an organization, I mean, uh, we're having our best year ever. Like, mm. like literally things are going really well for us and we're doing it the right way. And our teams are, are happy. And again, it's stressful. Don't get me wrong. We don't go to yeah, work. Totally. It's not all, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not all flowers and unicorns. I mean, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to do work and, yeah. and, and, and it's tough, but you know, we're, we, we do our best to, to support the people around us. Uh, I mean, there's so much here that you've talked about that really does a good job of tying who you are as a company and what you believe in, right, to how you operate in a day-to-day fashion that I think is pretty unique, I would say, uh, in, my, in my understanding of the dental industry in general. Uh, and I think going back to some of what we talked about earlier this is my last question for you. Um, you know, as, as we think about, you, you found very concrete ways of producing social good and, and kind of the common good, right? Not, not in a like common as in a like normal, but common as in a like public square type of way, right? Um, so I would just love to hear your vision for that, right? Like you found how to do that within Trek Dental and in your community. Um, what is your view and vision for what dentistry's role is in producing common good, social good? Um, you know, if you look down the road 30 years and say, hey, here's the impact I think dentistry could make, you know, what is that? Like, give us just some some insight into that. Yeah, well, ultimately, I think it's our responsibility. And so mm. I look at it as a responsibility versus mm-hmm. a nice to do. Like, I actually yeah. think that we have a responsibility to help people yeah. because we can. We have a skill set that very few people have. I mean, only dentists can do the stuff that we end up doing. And so I think we have a responsibility to our patients, a responsibility to people that can't afford dentistry, because I think that that's really important too. Um, And and I think it's important locally, and I think it's important internationally, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But I think that also, we just have a responsibility to give back. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, you know, how many dentists are there in North America? Like, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dentists. Yeah, if yeah. they all just did something, just, just mm-hmm. helped a few people, right? Like work with your local 
shelter, work with your, you know, and, and figure out a way that you can do it. That's not disruptive. Cause I get it. Like, you know, we don't want to change our schedule. Like schedules are challenging. Like dentistry is still tough, but there's little things that we can do to help people yeah. make that difference. But if we as an organization, cause here's the thing, what do people, what does the average person think of a dentist? Right? Like we, we charge yeah. a lot of money. We take a lot of money. <laughs> we cause a lot of pain. And, and why is that? We've created that ourselves. Like, here's the, the problem yeah. with these social norms and the way that people see things. You had to create it. People didn't just come up with it. Now, exactly. whether it's still true today as to what it was before, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. We have to change that ourselves, right? Exactly. Like one thing that people come into, we do our new patient exam completely different than most dentists. We start in a mm. consult room. Nobody is met in a clinical setting ever. Yep. yep. And the first thing that any patient says to me is, I hate the dentist. Mm. And I joke with them. I'm like, this is a tough way to start a relationship. <laughs> You're stuck with me for the next yeah. hour. I'm yeah. like, That's not going to build. Like, you know, and we try to joke about it a little bit because they do. Yeah, they've totally. been taught to, or they've yep. had bad experiences in the past. Yep. We can change that. We uh -huh. have the ability as dentists and as team members to change that. But when we're running the mill of dentistry, of just trying to get people in, running two or three columns, like I'm against multi-column dentistry as well. I like to run one column of patients because I'm only focused on the one person. Yeah. Do it really effectively and really efficiently. So be really quick and good at your procedure, but not run two columns of stuff. Because the problem is when you're running multiple columns, you're thinking about something else. Oh, I got to go see this person. Then I got to go see this person. I freeze here. Then I go there. I tell my docs, if you freeze a patient and you don't have a patient in the other chair, what are you doing? They're like, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to sit there and talk to the patient. Like that's literally all you get to do is yeah. you don't have to leave the operatory. That freezing takes five minutes, but what if I didn't have anything else to do? What yeah. if I didn't have to go on social media and check my Instagram account? What yeah. if I just sat there in the operatory and got to know the patient better? Do you think the patient is going to come back? And do you think the patient is going to trust you? Because ultimately, trust is the foundation of any relationship. Yeah. And trust yeah. is built with time. It's impossible to build trust just to say, I need you to trust me. That's not going to yeah. work. The yeah. more time I spend with you, the more you'll trust me. So give your patients that extra little time. And then I'm going to go one more step and I'm going to talk a little bit about overseas because I'm, I'm passionate about. Great. I've, love it. I've done 15 overseas missions. I'm back to Guatemala in February. Nice. But, but here's the social responsibility piece that I think, you know, mm. it touches me, but it's because of how it's affected my life. Mm. And so, you know, I've always thought we help people. We go and do these social runs. We go on these trips. And so eight years ago, I was off to Peru on a trip to go do dentistry with one of my business partners. He's like, Hey, come to Peru with me. You've gone to Guatemala so many times. He's like, do something different. I was like, great. I'm like, I'm still going to go to Guatemala this year, but I'm going to tag on a second trip because yep. you really want me to go to Peru. And so yep. I went to Peru with them and lo and behold, there was this beautiful hygienist on this trip that lived in Edmonton, three hours North. And we met on the trip. We dated, we got married and we have two beautiful boys and look at what the world gives you. When mm. you give with no expectation. I wasn't mm. going on a trip to Peru to go find my future wife. Yeah. I was going to do dentistry to help people. And what the world gave back to me was this, I mean, it literally changed my life. Like, yeah, yeah. In, in every aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just interesting to see when you just take that out, when you're like, hey, let me just give to mm. give. And here's the crazy thing. You go on these trips, you've done them before. Yep. You come back, you're changed. Oh, you have, like, patients you helped, like yeah. it's actually more for you than it is for them. Ultimately, yeah. like you, you change, but the world gives you a lot of stuff when you just slow down, you take a few extra steps, you, you know, you don't try to run the rat race that we're all used to doing. And you just say, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to care a little bit more. I'm going to take care of my team a little bit more. I'm going to take care of the patient just a little bit better. We're going to talk about overall health, not just that DO that you need to do on your 
on your mouth. And then you just turn around and say, how can we help others? Because look at what the world will do. And so to me, ultimately, if we can do that a little bit more, I mean, I think as, a, as an organization of dentistry, we will just be ultimately so much more successful. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful way of, of uh, putting a bow on this episode, Jen. Um, thank you so much for sharing so much here today that I am just super inspired by, super motivated by. I hope, you know, tons of our listeners are going to be out there like taking what you're saying and, and putting it into practice. Um, if they want to learn more from you, obviously super passionate about this. Um, there's lots online that, you know, I was able to find even before we, we talked. Um, how do they get in touch with you? How do they find out more about Trek Dental? Like, you know, if, if they're yeah. inspired today by this conversation, tell us more to go. To be honest, LinkedIn, just find me. Jan Jaffer on LinkedIn is probably the best way. I'm on Instagram, Dr. Trek on Instagram. I mean, reach out. Like, I, I mean, I love it. When you hear from dentists that are, that are interested in learning more, I mean, you love those conversations, right? I mean, because of this and these conversations and the stuff that I've done, I was just in Vegas lecturing on how to run a better organization without metrics. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they brought me down to do. And they're bringing me down again to now talk to their team members because yeah. the dentists there were like, wow, this is so different than all the business courses and all the stuff <laughs> that I do. So find me online. I, like I said, I love, I love talking about this. Thank you, Matt, for the opportunity, because the more I get to talk about this, you know, my hope is that more people listen and you've got a different audience than I have. And so, you know, more people will hear about this. And if it changes one or two people, you know, I think we're both ultimately successful if, if a couple of people do a little bit better. Right. So, yeah, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a big believer in that. And uh, yeah, really just appreciate you taking the time today to join us, to share so much and, and for being so thoughtful, right. Uh, it's easy sometimes to, you know, self-promote, do some of those things on podcasts, right? Whatever. And we try to not have those conversations. We try to just have like, Hey, like, here's what I really care about. And, and it's obviously come through in this conversation of just how passionate you are about this. Um, and so I'm just really grateful as someone, you know, from afar, uh, witnessing what you're doing, just really grateful for the passion in which you are, you know, going out there every day and just being authentic, uh, with your team, with yourself, you know, et cetera. Uh, it really is unique, um, and, and really a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. See you.